watch like any spoiler videos or anything like that? Like, do you try to like? Is there anything that you watch spoilers for? Mm. Game of Thrones. I was kind of watching a bunch of spoilers for. Like and like theories and previews for what's going to happen in season eight. Like, do you get into that stuff? Um, yeah, I didn't really get into season eight stuff that much, but during the season, I, I watch a lot of, um, a lot of YouTube stuff about people gossiping about what the, what's going to happen next. And yeah. Man. Yeah. Cause talk about, uh, talk about pencil problems. I went down like a rabbit hole last night on star Wars episode eight. Um, just the like, last th- yeah, just like theories and like, man, I'm getting so excited for it though. It sounds like it's going to be, uh, sounds like it's going to be super cool. So I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty, pretty pumped for it. Is this the last one? Last one? No, there's gonna be one more. Give me one more, and then I just want to see what Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino and Clint Eastwood have uh, thrown in their. They want to direct a Star Wars movie, so now that they've opened up the, they've opened up, the universe that's totally within the realm of possibility. We could see like a Clint Eastwood Star Wars movie, which would be so cool. I think it would be a really micro view of star wars it'd be like star wars universe and like zoomed into like amazing situations um well i think if it's if it's eastwood it'll be like it'll open with some like grizzly jedi like you know drinking at like some like spaceport and it'll just it'll basically follow like a broken jedi like someone who's just this tragic mm. character probably like an old guy like an 80 year old jedi or something like that you know but Man, I'm telling you, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be good. Kind of, it kind of fits the Tarantino style too. Oh yeah, Tarantino have so much fun with it, especially if he could uh, go, if he could go kind of, uh, kind of crazy like Pulp Fictiony with it. I think he could, uh, he could do some pretty cool stuff. Hmm. Well, Mel, my friend, uh, we've been live here for a couple seconds. Um, welcome everybody to. Pencil Problems, a show where Nick and Kent talk about problems that sound important but aren't. And this is episode number five. Wow, we made it to five, man. We made it to five. Congrats. Yeah. I know. Big deal. And we're, um, we're, we're experimenting today where Nick and I are actually looking at each other to see if, uh, if that helps us with empathy, with helps us drive a better conversation or... If it makes it ten times worse, we will, uh, we will, we will find out. All right, but before we before we dive in, um, so last week we basically took an entire episode talking about a tangent, which we said we wouldn't do. But uh, listening back to it, I was like, I got a lot out of just hearing your thoughts on on these productivity systems. So I did. I don't want to say I gave it a full 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 effort this week because you know we recorded on tuesday and then realistically like by the time monday rolled around like i was still kind of back into my routine so i didn't you know i didn't just like throw away omnifocus but the a couple things like definitely i went back and revisited the original kind of getting things done david allen source material and it turns out that i probably had been doing something pretty wrong which was referencing that someday maybe list every week or in my case i was doing it every day so definitely not recommended probably for the same reasons that you said maybe because it would cause some kind of like guilt but at the same time there was 
there's definitely something night nice, like I kind of miss not seeing those movies we were talking about where I think that it didn't actually cause me stress. I think it really almost tried to elevate me to where I want to go. It's almost like a goal or something where I can remind myself of what I want to do. So I can mm -hmm. even see myself adding them back, but I don't know if there's any point in looking at them daily because there really is going to be no movement day to day. So um, what's the cadence that's recommended? A weekly review. So the, okay. the, the idea would be, um, you know, I think he says like Friday mornings, you block off two hours and you kind of do a full review of the week and almost like mm. a retrospective I mean, when you kind of listen to it. Not quite as as rigid, but but the, OK, so here's the question, though, because this popped up for me, you know, midway through the week. And I'm curious, like what you do in this situation. So I love the Zen focus of just coming in and um, planning your week on the Monday. Mm -hmm. And I mean, super simple. Wednesday comes along, your mm -hmm. CEO or life throws you something that you didn't plan. Mm -hmm. And it's very important. So it needs to be prioritized. And not only is it important, it's not something that you can do in a day or two. Like it's a, I don't know, maybe it's like a whole new game you have to design or it's an entirely new, like it's just this, it's a really massive thing that mm -hmm. comes in and just interrupts this this week that you kind of plan for yourself. Mm -hmm. And in the, in my system, or let's call it like the OmniFocus system, that's kind of the point of it. Like you you just have this infinite list that keeps growing and mm -hmm. you would just kind of sit down and put everything that you're thinking, all these actions onto paper, knowing mm -hmm. that in the next day or so, you're going to review them. You're going to triage them. You're going to do the things that you need to yeah. do. So like what? But that's, that, that's not to say I don't do that though. Right. Like I have that list. I, that's my plan for the week, but obviously things change and it's just like, um, you do in kind of an any agile system. You're gonna to have to visit the backlog, reprioritize it, and when something urgent comes up, it's it's gonna add it's gonna be added to the list. But you have to make that mental exercise of like prioritizing things. Like, so if I have a list of five things, and suddenly the CEO is like, "Hey, we gotta do this crazy new feature for something." If it's time sensitive, it's really important. Then something on that list that I initially had gets bumped, and this gets pushed up. Um, but you have to be flexible with it, of course, right? Um, but the, I guess the advantage of it still is like, here's a, a fixed set of things I'm focusing on. And it's still like, I know I'm not going to hit all 20 things on that list. Sometimes I might have to, but generally you don't have to. And, you know, you're going to hit the top five, top 10 or something. And yeah. And then you, you really carry that over like a backlog. So yeah. Okay. So you put 20 items on the list. You only do five of them. You add 10 more the next Monday. You're looking at last week's list as yeah. the start. Okay. 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 I think that's maybe where I was. I thought you were kind of just like sitting down on the Monday kind of greenfield, like, all right, what do I want to get done this week? And I was thinking that it just doesn't feel, yeah, it just doesn't feel like that would work in practice. Okay. But you're, you're basically yeah. carrying around a, ba a physical backlog in the form of just a list and then yeah you're just like rewriting this list kind of every couple days or no I'll, I'll just i'll just add to that list so i have like a page in my notebook and i'll just add to that crossings off add it um if I, I i won't have more than 20 like i generally will have no more than like 10 if i have more than that 
then I start like delegating stuff out. Okay. Because I'm just either it's going to be on a list and it's not going to get touched for weeks or I'm just taking on too many things. So I'll try to delegate if, um, yeah, the, the list gets starting to get too big. And do you put count, like, do you have calendar events on there or are no. you, okay. So you don't have like meeting with so-and-so lunch with Kent. No, no. no. Okay. Cause, so that's, cause that's, that's stuff like calendar. Cause that stuff just, it's on my calendar. That stuff has to happen. And if I start getting too micro with it all, then my list doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Okay. Do you, so, do you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Okay. So last, cause here's the kind of, mm-hmm. okay. So how often are you, are you looking at this list? So the, cause again, the, the kind of where the rubber meets the road and the OmniFocus or the GTD system is you'll have these moments of time where now it's like, okay, what, what do I do? You know, mm-hmm. you've made the list, you've, you've cut out all your work and now you actually have to go do something. So, mm-hmm. and the way you do that is by looking at your list and kind of looking at your energy levels and being like, okay, I've got 20 emails here that I could do. I'm going to just bang those out or nope, I need to block off an hour and go deep on this project. So are you like, and again, it, it's, it depends so much on your day, but are you just sort of like at any time kind of looking at this list and being like, oh yeah, I need to, I just, I don't know. I feel like it's, you, you just I, run the risk of like Wednesday, Thursday comes along and you realize you, you, you're nowhere near done your list. No, I just keep that list super tight. I think that's the important part. And that's why you don't, I don't put it on my list like, oh, reply to this email, reply to like, those are things that are going to happen. Like I'll block up time in my day to reply emails and whatnot. But I have tons of emails that are unread. Like I, I'm on, and I just kind of skim the title. I'm like, okay, that's not important. It's not important. It's spam, whatever. This guy just wants something, something, and it's not important. Or I'm on Slack and I'm behind on people are posting links of all these cool things in the dev channel, design channel. And it's, it's kind of nice. I just kind of start it and I block off time later in the week to read it, but I don't read it at the time. Okay. Yeah. I'm the same. Um, so, but then my list is just super tight. Like, so there's like maybe five to 10 items that are like, okay, this, I need to hit this this week and everything else. It's like meetings and stuff. They have to happen, but the list is the most important thing. Okay. So it's just like these big blocks where you know that you cross these things off, you can enjoy the weekend, feel like you had a productive week. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I think, I really think I'm going to try, uh, like, do you recommend, like, I mean, I might try even like limiting myself to like five things or something just to really keep myself on a, on a digest next week, but I'm not going to look at OmniFocus at all. Uh, yeah. this coming week I really just want to try oh. yeah no I because I, I, I think there's some I, I think I'll always use OmniFocus as a what's all the stuff that's on my mind right now mm-hmm. and because I've gotten mm-hmm. to the habit of just dumping my brain every week so I, I'm not I'm never going to stop that but I like this idea of taking this time yeah. putting down the you know the five or six things and then just okay so I'm going to give that a I'm going to give that an honest effort next week um, there's definitely merit in the stuff you do though. Just, just saying, because like, I think in my life, there's so many things that I just, I, I, I have blinders to, like, I know they, it kind of has to happen and I kind of just ignore it, ignore it long enough and maybe someone else will take care of it. Um, that's definitely how it is at home. Like Alicia takes care of a lot of things that I just kind of drop. Um, so I imagine you have your shit more together than I do. Uh, I don't know. 
know about that. Like, yes and no. But I again, I think the a weekly review would be more than enough to catch those bigger those bigger blocks yeah. of like things that are coming next month or things that I want. Like, I mean, even now, with, like with kids, like Jack is at that age where Christmas he actually is asking for things and there's a chance that if we don't buy them, mm. you know, in the right time, they might not be there. So yeah. I even have like things in my list where it's like, all right, like, you know, take off half a day in the middle of November to basically go Christmas shopping to try to get, you know, just that stuff done so that I'm not, um, yeah. Dad of the year, dad of the year shit right here, man. I'm trying, man. But, uh, oh, no, but, but I, I like the, um, it reminds me, I read this book called the one thing and it was recommended by one of my old managers. And the, I think the idea in that one is like, you ask yourself this focusing question every day, every week, every month, every year, where it's like, what's the one thing I could do such that everything else I have to do would be irrelevant. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're a business owner and your metric is revenue, it's like, what's the one thing I could do to generate so much revenue that all these other ideas would be meaningless because, and it just sort of really helps you 80, 20, everything where mm -hmm. you're only working mm -hmm. on these like really important things. And looking at my week this week, even like I got a crazy, crazy project thrown at me at the tail end of last week. And the whole week has just been me trying to figure out like, what, how am I going to get this done in a short amount of time? And it's all about mm -hmm. just moving these big blocks, really. And I have no time for the minutia. So anyway, okay. Mm. I will give that a shot and I will report back. Nick, did you did you finish writing this week? I did. I think I finished month five. Um, I decided to remove like the images that were embedded. I'm just going to have them inlined. In, uh, sorry, I'm going to have them as links. Because I think visually it looks better and it bothers me a little bit. Um, and I kind of just don't care anymore. Um, but yeah, I think I finished month five. Uh, I'm going to send you a draft. You can take a look first. You get sure. special special access, my Ooh, friend. Like that. Ooh. Um, I, I, and I, yeah, I like yeah. that. I, I think the, um, I remember there's there's a rhythm to your post that I really like. And when you add the GIFs, it's fun because like it breaks it up. But it also... Yeah. I don't know, like there's something nice when you just sort of see these like two or three blocks followed by the white space. Like I like, yeah. the, I like the visual kind of cleanliness. So um, yeah, that sounds like a good call. Yeah, I, I don't know, whatever. I, I'll, I, at the very least, I'm going to kind of cut down the amount of pictures. I'll just have like a couple, like if they hit really hard, then I'll put them. Um, but anyways, yeah, I think it's, I think I finished month five. Um, I sent you a, um, a potential pitch email draft uh, I don't know if you saw that um, but basically I'm trying to I'm thinking if I were to pitch any agents or anything else um, what would that I'm gonna have to write an email to them and depending no matter how I know them from if it's like you suggested from a friend or if it's just like a cold call or anything I still have to kind of have a little pitch email um, so I was working on that today I, I wrote one draft I don't know I'm gonna massage that for probably a week or so Okay, I'll have a look. I I saw it come through mm. on uh, on notes, but I haven't uh, I haven't looked at it yet. I'm yeah, I'll definitely have a lot to say about the subject line. That's my uh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. percent of my time. Um, how about you, man? Do you how, do you sell selling products? Actually, this has been a good week. So I so I had six orders this week. What? Yeah, it's been a big week. Um, and that's uh, 
Yeah, and actually, I I'm at, I qualify already for like uh, Canada Post discount, so I'm already um, I'm in like the. It's funny, like oh, that's a, amazing, man. A lot of businesses, I guess, don't even get to ten orders or whatever I'm at now. So, um, and what's really just like quick little tidbit that's that's super interesting is that when I started this, I definitely thought that I'd be targeting people like myself, like bro. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I don't. I don't think I'm a programmer, but I think a lot of broy people are into this stuff and listen to like Tim Ferriss and you know, Joe Rogan and all that. So I figured that's who would be ordering, mm-hmm. and they're all middle-aged women from the West Coast. So interesting. Um, like all the orders are from Calgary, Edmonton, or BC, or like Vancouver. Really? Oh, yeah. okay. And I'm not doing any geo targeting. I'm not doing any fancy like it's just a super interesting little phenomenon and again it's a tiny number it's 10 so it's not like it's significant yet but Mm. no no men all basically the same um profile and i know because they they all um it's kind of weird on shopify shopify gives you a ton of information about your your customers i guess if they sign up with facebook or something or um and uh I, i don't know i'm just looking at their at their picture and making a judgment. I don't know how old they are, but it's, uh, not who I was expecting. So, hmm. uh, yeah. So interesting. I guess on the West coast, it's all about like healthy living. I guess that would be part of that demo who are into nootropics and ketones. Well, here's the thing though. What, what's interesting is I'm, I've been trying to, I've been pulling up Instagram, trying to, that's another whole thing we could talk about. Like, how do you try to, you know, growth hack Instagram and man, mm-hmm. it is so hard. Like it is, Oh, the amount of time I've put into the profile already with nothing to show for it. It's it's anyway, I'm, I'm not good at that. So the worry is that it's all kind of like diet people. So keto is sort of becoming synonymous now with just weight loss. Because mm-hmm. people who go on on keto can can lose a lot of weight very quickly because it's basically like a an Atkins, you know, well it can be considered like an Atkins kind of diet, and you can you know eat yeah, bacon yeah, yeah. and you can eat all this fat and all that stuff. So it so- sounds kind of fun if you've never done it before. And I think that um, I'm sort of falling into this sort of <laughs> like uh, diet because if you follow these influencers who are these like um, weight loss, they're all kind of like middle-aged women who have mm. lost a lot of weight or yeah. are doing something like maybe they've had kids and now they've like reclaimed their body. There's all these hashtags and stuff that I'm learning about. So um, definitely interesting. I don't know what that means, but uh, organically I'm getting a totally different audience than I was expecting. So so all your orders are from organic traffic, like search, organic search traffic no, or what? So, no. So I've got um, the AdWords are actually converting now. Uh, so oh, okay. four of the, four of the, uh, uh, orders that came in were from AdWords mm-hmm. and um, the margins are great. So, um, but now the past couple of days I haven't had uh, any, so I had like a steady stream for every day I was getting one or two and now I'm, uh, I've kind of had a lull for the past couple of days. So um, yeah, it's weird. No, no kind of rhyme or reason yet, but um, definitely you- going to keep banging the, uh, the SEO and the AdWords drum. Are you making a good return on each user? I think so. To be honest, I haven't done a full, like, you know, breakdown and all that. Like I don't, yeah. I know I'm making money. 
Um, yeah. But I, I haven't kind of even gone there yet. I, I wasn't even expecting to get this far, to be honest. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've had to reorder. Like I've, I'm, I'm already reordering two things. So I will. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna have to do some some math and make sure that this is actually viable. So. Are, are you? Uh, is everyone ordering the same product or the same keto product, or is it more yeah. ketones in the in tropics? So what's super interesting is that one of the products I'm bringing in is this thing called keto, the keto bar or keto bars, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they refuse to let me wholesale. So they, mm. I buy them by the hundreds, like I buy a hundred of them at a time. They're just these like, they're like, um, pro protein vacuum? bars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. Vacuum packed protein bars, but they refuse to give me a discount on wholesale because they, they claim they're not ready for that. And so it's, it's funny because my, my little thesis here is actually working where I bring those in at retail. Actually, I overpay. I lose money on each of those because I'm paying American retail prices. Mm -hmm. I'm bringing them into Canada. I'm paying duty on them because they're, mm -hmm. a, they're a, a perishable good. Yeah. But they're very hard to get in Canada. So people are, if I look at, have you heard of the app Full Story? No. So Full Story kind of like lets you see sessions of your users. Um, mm. So I watch what the users are doing on the, on the site and yeah. they add almost all of them add these bars to their cart first and then they'll go back and add the, so they're, they're coming just for these bars and then mm. the, the, I'm getting them on like an upsell of the, you know, the, the keto salts with what they're called. So it's, it's really fascinating, man. Like I could, I could totally see myself getting into this, um, but at the same time, I worry that like the, it's so easy for the competition to just absolutely crush me if, uh, you know, like you get into like volume discounts and you get into like, I, I don't know. I've got all these uh, irrational fears as to how easy it would be for anybody to just crush any hope of anyone making it in any of these kind of niche markets. So hey, who, who's to say you're not going to be the king of keto soon, man? I don't know. Shit. We'll see. Got a, got a long way to go. But did yeah, you, anyway, it's a good... Did you, um, did, did you do that um, buy over 100, do you get a discount? Or buy over 100, get free shipping kind of thing? Oh, yeah, I did. So I did a... Um, the... No, wait, I didn't do that. No, all I did was add the opt-in and then a coupon if mm. you opted in. So I should do that. You're right. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'll, uh, I'll add that to my, my, my paper list next week. Sweet. Um, okay, cool. Well... I want to dive in. Uh, I want to ask you, we've been talking about, uh, I guess I want to ask you about, okay, so I'm going to ask you about kids. So anyone here who doesn't have kids uh, who just left, don't, don't leave yet because it's not, it's not about kids, but I think it, it definitely, st I started thinking about this when I uh, became a, a father and the, the thing that's been on my mind is really around you know, just ambition in general and how ambition changes over time. So I've been thinking about this where I, okay, so let me ask you, did you become, would you say you are more or less ambitious now than when, before you had kids? Oh, fuck, it's a hard question. It's just kind of different. Like, I don't, a part of me says like less ambitious because like my focus has kind of changed a bit. Like the baby has become the center of everything. And if 
you're just kind of focused on like maintaining life, it becomes hard to think about other things. Um, but at the same time, because now I feel this pressure of having to maintain this life and have to pay for like clothes and diapers and dates and school and all these things for the rest of the life, that pressure also makes me feel hungry. Hmm. In a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, what, what What do you think? Did 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 it change from Jack to Emma? Yeah, like what? Um, not no, not as much on the second one. But I, I'm definitely, I'm definitely more ambitious than. Like for me, I'm. I, I would definitely mark myself as being in the one of the more ambitious phases of my of my life and mm-hmm. but but then at the same time it could just be that I have a really bad memory and I don't remember how ambitious I was back when I first started or back even mm-hmm. when you and I met which is what almost like 10 years ago eight or eight, eight years ago I guess when when we met in grad school um and I, I guess like I look around at like some of the people I I, I work with and um, or I have worked with in, in the past who, who are not, who aren't parents and who don't have the same responsibilities and time commitments and just like lack of time basically that, that we have, mm-hmm. or, or I think about even this podcast, like we've literally been talking about this for years and now all of a sudden we're doing it and like we could have easily done it four years ago and we probably wouldn't be talking at 10:43 at night on a Thursday, you know, in our basements. Like we mm-hmm. would have been able to just like, I don't know, meet up in person, go have a, like have a, have a beer, go find a studio, you know, like we just would have, it would have been very different. Mm-hmm. And, but for some reason, like we didn't do it then. And, or I guess I, I find myself wondering like, what did I used to do before I had kids? Like, I don't even remember what I used to do at night. <laughs> okay, let, let me let me ask you a question to drill down a little bit, though, because I talked to a friend of mine and he was I was telling him like I can't even focus at on work right now because my mind is just I'm in baby space, and he's like it's gonna be like that for maybe a year, and then you're gonna you're gonna want to get right into it and get right back into work and you're going to be hungrier. Um, but you're kind of in survival mode right now, but that's going to pass. And once that passes, you're going to get, you're going to feel hungrier. And I, I don't know. Did you feel that way? That's Cause I'm good, still a bit in the weeds. That's a good point. I keep forgetting that you're still pretty new. Like you're five months. Like that's not like, that's, that's, that's still love. You have a baby, you yeah. know, like you have a, I mean, it's amazing how like with Emma now she went from being a baby to just being this to being a toddler and it just it just mm. sort of happens overnight and you're like holy holy crap like you're not a baby anymore but um I think that I, I don't know though there there was definitely something that um I think and it, this sounds kind of bad but it all it all kind of comes it kind of comes back to money which is which is a weird thing for me to admit, but I think that if I, if I'm honest with myself and if I had, you know, true financial freedom, I probably would make 
I would definitely work, but mm-hmm. I would I would make different decisions with my time, or I would, I would. I'm not like stressed out, and I think and I think that that's the paradox. Like I'm not a ball of stress at work, or I'm not like, even though I have way more to do than other people, because then I have to go home and do all this other stuff. Like I don't think that I'm somehow more special or my life is any harder it's just different and these are the choices that i have mm-hmm. um I, I don't know but i i think it kind of comes down to a you want to spend time with them you want to spend more time with your family more time with your kids mm-hmm. and you realize that what's stopping you from doing that is that you don't have basically like you don't have fuck you money so you can't really do what you want to do because you know, you, you got to pay those bills. You have to, you got the mortgage, you got the house, you've got school to think of, you've got a whole life now to kind of plan for. But at the same time, I don't feel like I'm one of those people that is chained to my job the way, you know, uh, unfortunately some people are where yeah, like they, they, they have to walk on eggshells because they don't want to get fired because they like, I feel like a, a dick when I say that because I'm so lucky. I think a lot of people would look at our lives and be like, hey, you could get by with a lot less. You know, do you do you need all of this stuff? Like you could live a lot more humbly and yeah, maybe you could just be a writer. Like maybe you could quit your job and be a writer and mm. you might have to sell your house and you might not live where you do and you might have a, I don't know, you might have to live, you know, like the, the there's all these things that kind of come into that, but um, but if, if if you had fuck you money, would you still be working at Hubba? Yeah, like I, which is weird. Like I, I think I would, at least for, I would. Okay, the the way I look at all these startups, I, I think I, I wrote a blog post about this once. And I don't know if I created, if I invented this or if I stole it from somebody. I honestly can't remember. I'll take credit for it. But it's this idea of like, there's three ways to start a fire. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can like go into the forest and try to start a fire on your own. You're going to like cut your hands. You're going to be cold for a while. You might not make it. You can go find someone who's got a fire, put your logs next to their fire. And then now you've got fire. Mm-hmm. And the third one is like, you know, you can go to a friend's house who has a fireplace and just like sit in front of the fireplace. Mm-hmm. And I've always been teetering between sort of like scenario one and two where mm-hmm. like in our world, I think going to your friend's house and sitting in front of the fireplace is, you know, Google or Facebook or one of these companies that's so big, you know, they're not going to disappear. You're not in survival startup mode. You're getting paid very good money to, you know, do almost like game changing things too. But it's just a very different level of like, you still have to perform. You got to bring your A game. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a ton of stress at those companies that that I'm not even privy to, but it's just a different, like, you're not like, oh, this might not work. Like everyone knows that it's going to work. I think that Hubba is in the kind of or at least the way I look at myself at Hubba is I'm in that like I I think our CEO is a super smart uh, person I think he's stumbled across a very big market that somebody like somebody is going to build Hubba Mm -hmm. it's 
it's like, are we going to do it or is somebody else going to do it? And it's kind of cocky to think that I could go off into my corner and create, like even think of an idea that big on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm already a part of this. I'm already invested in it. Why would I um, kind of not see it through? Um, But I, I think I would have a certain, I would have a lot more detachment or something like that. Like I would be maybe just more detached, but I would, paradoxically, I feel like that could actually work in, in everybody's favor. And sometimes I wonder if, you know, the, you know, like by almost being so Buddhist about it and like not caring about the outcome really does make you even more powerful, even in like the startup world where you take bigger risks, you, you know, you do things that others might not be willing to do because you, you mm-hmm. really don't care. Like you don't, it, you, you, you know, it's just a game. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you if you win or lose, and I feel like I would have more of that attitude, but I don't think I would quit. Um, I mean, maybe I'd start calling a bit more. I'd be like, "Hey, I'm going to work from home on Fridays," yeah. <laughs> or yeah. I, I don't know, like maybe I would like you know do something like that. Which I mean, God, I could probably do it now if I wanted, but I don't know. Like, would you would you go to Sago? I think I'd still work on Sago. Um... But it's for the same kind of reason you're talking about. Like it's, I genuinely feel like we are on a mission, and I feel like we are on. We're working on this cool brand that maybe in 20 years, kids are gonna remember, and it's gonna be a fun brand that you know, like you remember when you were a kid. You remember like GI Joes. I remember like playing with He-Man's and like you know these action figures or like. Mr. Potato Head and stuff, you know, I, I remember that like very fondly and I feel there's going to be a generation of kids who grew up playing Sega mini apps, playing with Sega mini toys. And that feels very rewarding to me. And I know if I were to do it, do something like this on my own, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of commitment and all that. Right. Um, but I think it's like, like what you were talking about, like, I think we are also very fortunate to have, I think we are in a certain state um, in our lives where we are not like trying to survive. Like we're not in straight survival mode. And I think when you're in survival mode, um, you kind of, you need a job and you need to just make some money somewhere. But it's kind of like Maslow's hierarchy, right? So, you know, at the bottom, you have like the physiological needs. You got to like, you got to eat, you got to sleep. You need like um, just safety security you need some of these things and i feel like we're a little bit above that and it's you know the next step is like um belonging love relationship friends and whatever but the top of the of the pyramid though is like achieving one's like full potential including like creative activities i'm reading this from like a wikipedia thing right now um but it's like self-actualization and I, I don't know. I guess part of that is like being a captain of a ship or being part of like a movement, I guess. And you don't necessarily have to be the captain. You don't have to be the shepherd of that, but you're part of that. And you're a big part of that movement that's happening. Um, and that, that feeling of belonging as part of that, I think that's that's outside of the paycheck. Um, that's the reason like I go to work. 
Yeah, that's a good point. And I, and I think that one of the things that I've been really kind of push myself on uh, this year, and I think that even like this podcast is a good example, is you like you, you can kind of do a lot more than you think you can do without going crazy. And it's funny because mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll talk to people that I work with who are younger than me and I try not to, I mean, I really don't even think I have some crazy decorated career, but it's funny when mm-hmm. you start talking as like the older kind of person, you realize like, oh man, like I, I've, I've seen a lot more things than you've seen. Like I've been around mm-hmm. a lot longer than, than you have. Mm-hmm. And, but also I, I, I look at them and I'm like, man, like, imagine what I like imagine what you and I could do with that time with like with that un like unfettered you know response like no responsibilities no time commitments like and but but then I I think I want all right I play that tape in my head and I'm like yeah but maybe that's a fool's game because you actually wouldn't do all that stuff because Mm -hmm. we didn't do it back when we had all that time so like I guess where I'm going with it is there's a lot of stuff that I've, I've kind of wanted to do these like things I've wanted to explore. And I think I've really embraced the chaos of parenting and mm-hmm. I'm like, I can do that. I can do, I can do all of it, which is kind of weird. Like I don't, I, okay. I can't do everything, but I can do a lot more than, um, than I think I can. And yeah, that, sure, like, like without sounding like motivational speaking, it's like it it's true that if you just cut out shit that you don't need in your life, you can get a lot more done. Like tonight, I'm not going to sit and watch TV for two hours. I'm going to talk to you mm-hmm. and I'm going to we're going to make a podcast like that's a much better use of my time than watching Designated Survivor, um, you know, which is just uh, going off the yeah. rails in season two. <laughs> Um, is that is that like a uh, like a Jack Bauer kind of kind of show? I mean, that's how it was advertised. The first season was pretty good, but oh, like it's just one of those ones where you wish the the showrunners had the balls to say like, "Hey, we did something really good here. Let's just stop. Like, that's it. Let's just stop. Yeah. This was like, this yeah. was good. This yeah. was this was good, right? This was good." And now, like, they're only on episode three, and you can just feel them stretching these like these plots like oh it's just it's it's awful like just and it's funny i was i had this hunch so i started i started researching this show it's filmed in toronto because i recognize a lot of king west and you're familiar with like what a showrunner is uh yeah so they've had six showrunners for this like it's it's just this revolving door it's a shit show of um like the original guys left after the episode four of the old one. And then they had, anyway, it's like, it looks like it's a total disaster and you can feel it now. It's like, it's, it's, it's coming off the rails. It's not, I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to drop it. This um, is also my, um, this is, I have this theory also that I think artists who make their first album, like record is the first album is like the best album. Mm. And because you have like 20 years of your life thinking about this and you're like, I'm going to put this thing down. I'm going to put it to wax and they do it. And then it just, your next album that you're banging out in a year or two can't, it's not going to be the same. Like you don't, you, you haven't put as much thought into it. You just haven't. 
And same thing with these shows, right? Like, I think when they pitch these shows, they probably pitch season one because they don't know if it's going to even get off the pilot. And they they really think the narrative's through and the character's really through. And then partway through, they're like, hey, we should do season two. And then they basically have to scramble and figure out how to make 20 episodes in, like, four months or something, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But, but, I, but I think startups do that a lot too, right? And I think that just companies in general it's just like this um if you don't if you if you don't have the kind of moral fortitude to like stand up for these ideas that you that you like you know it's the same with you know you go get investors and then you this is that whole argument against venture capital because you know you you have 10 bosses who pay who are paying a lot of money and you you know you're like Sego is like you guys are your own thing. Well, no, no, you got bought, but you, you you're not you're not venture backed, are you? No. See, and like that probably gives you so much more freedom than, uh, yeah, like that must give you a ton of freedom. Uh, yeah, I I honestly don't even know what it's like to be venture backed. So you you would know a lot more about that. Um. But, you know, I'm in the tech space and I don't know, I, I assume it's kind of the same. You want to, you want to almost like scale, you have to show like you're, you're growing, you have to show like incredible growth rates because you need to show a return to the investors. They want, like everyone's investing on potential really and not necessarily like, Oh, let's just make a profit this year and make make a profit next year. It's not like a business like that. I think I feel like in the tech space, it's like you you, you need to go big and you you need to just like double and triple and quadruple. Um, I don't know. Do would you feel like that? Like how about or even a tilt? Oh yeah, like I think the tilt was so different because it was a consumer a consumer app. So our our projections and goals were always just just bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of what sunk that ship in a way was like just our, um, you know, we, we expanded into six countries in, in a year. Uh, that probably wasn't a good idea. You know, we probably should have just really nailed a couple of them. And then, but, but at the same time, it's easy to play that card where it's like, hey, we've got this money. Like we've, we've got, you know, if we do that and if we create that footprint, mm-hmm. and it's even like I'm thinking with Able Cells now, it's like if I'm... So, and kind of tying this back to the ambition piece, like I don't, I haven't gone out and said like, I want this to be the, the, the ketone store of Canada. Like that's not even the, that's not even the goal. So in some, in some respects, then it's like, maybe I'm, I'm not as ambitious because maybe if I was 25 and I had all that time, I would be, I don't know, setting my sights really high on becoming the ketone store in all of Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think that I, um, I think what kids did for me were, they were like a, a focusing function on, on my time. So mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't have a lot of like minutia in my life anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and that allows me to be super productive or kind of like you said, like, it's so funny. You were joking about being on Slack. Like I got, 
I got made fun of a couple of weeks ago because I'm the only person I think at Hubba, someone said, who has left the random channel. So we have like a random channel on Slack yeah. and I just yeah. left. I, yeah. I'm like, I, because uh, everybody auto auto joins when you get your account. Yeah. And I, I realize like I'm always 30 messages behind. This stuff is interesting, but it's basically, it's not, it's not interesting enough for me to pay any attention to. So mm -hmm. it's a distraction and I know what to do with distractions. I just cut them out and I just left the channel and people are like, whoa, like, I don't think, are you allowed to leave the channel? Like <laughs> no one's ever done that before. And, and like my, my co-op, he, he thinks I'm, he thinks I'm like really weird because I, you know, I just like, when I'm on the phone with people, I'm like, like, what, like, what are you selling? Like, what, like, what are you, like, why are you calling me? What are you selling? Yeah. No, I'm not interested. Bye. Like, yeah. And, yeah. and I'm not trying to like be a dick. I'm just, it's, I have no time. I have no time for, for, for you to waste my time. And for once in my life, I'm not afraid to act like that. I think I've always been a little more afraid to act like that. Whereas something is kind of flipped now where I'm like, I, I don't know. I just, and that's totally the a kid thing for me. Um, yeah. Do do you find the same? Like, yeah, you... for, sure, for sure, man. Um, I feel like once you have the kid, you have limited time, and you have no choice but to kind of work smarter. You have like no no alternative, really. Like, and even even at work, like now, you know, people have ideas. Like, hey, we should do this, and we do that, and it's like, is it going to move the needle much? If it's not, like, fuck it, let's not do it. Like, you're you got to focus the efforts, right? Like if we're going to commit to this one campaign of some sort and we're going to try to generate some users from this, it's like, okay, what are the numbers going to look like? And is, okay, are they small? If it's not over this amount, what's, what's the point? Because then we have to dump X amount of resources, X amount of time in that. It's just not worth it. Um, whereas I think when I was younger, I would definitely chase everything. Um, because it's like everything feels like a bright, shiny opportunity and like, oh, okay, if we go down this road, um, there's like, we can make a billion dollars off this because the market is like this and that. And like, oh, if only we get all the users from India to join Sega World, oh, we're, we're going to make, we're going to be billion, billion, um, billionaires and we're going to, we're going to be killing it. But obviously like that's not really that feasible in, in, to make that happen. Like India is not a real kind of, market that's going to pay for you um but when i was younger i i would kind of ignore that and i would just kind of run through that stop sign and i'd be like yeah, yeah no 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 it, it's gonna work trust me it'll, it'll work it'll work um and it's not like ignorance it's it, it's not it's not ignorance i just think i kind of move a little bit slower now um so when you're younger, you just have the energy to run through all these stop signs. And it's like, oh, okay, that's not going to work, whatever. It only took me like five days, not a big deal. And you kind of jump onto that next thing. Um, but I also miss that a little bit. I think that naivety because I also find when I'm older now, I don't know if this was kids or not kids, but I self-censor a lot more. So, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're talking talking about setting up a keto store i can give you like a hundred reasons why that's a terrible idea and i'm like ken why would you do that like 
you know, people are going to eat you up. Amazon, people are selling this stuff on Amazon. Your shipping costs are not worth it. Um, I don't know. There's so many reasons I can give you for, to not do it. And I would just talk myself out of things a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But if I was younger, you have that energy and you don't really care. And I think that's good because you're doing this you're, and it's, it could be something. But if I, you self-censor too much, you don't even give that, that room to grow. You know, you don't give that stuff a chance. Yeah, but and like for me, this goes back to I think we talked about this on our first on our first episode where I'm starting to think that there's something to be said about this like really old wisdom that everyone knows, and especially in tech. But I feel like very few people follow, which is um, just start doing something and keep doing it. And see what happens. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, and I think you're proving this with with writing, where, you know, you are. I can already kind of feel you were a lot more interested in kind of growth hacking medium a few months ago, even when we were talking. And now you're you've kind of flipped again. Like you're you you're you don't really care about that. You're still going to post a medium. You're still going to get the feedback. You're still going to, you know, do experimenting and, and see what works. But like you know you're writing a book and it's it's not gonna medium is you're not gonna be happy until you feel this thing in your hands and you have this book and you know you're 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 kind of done like that's kind of cool and but that takes a lot of patience and that's like it's easy to just put something up on medium and look at your likes and look at your views and look at that it's hard to put in a bunch of work and have nobody care for a long time and then all of a sudden, like somebody starts to care and your book starts selling. And, um, and again, like, I, what's that? It's like pencil problems right here. It's like our podcast. Right. Yeah. No, no. I, I think about that a lot. Like I, you know, I, I legitimate and I'm, I, I'm always trying to figure out though, if like my ego is like creeping back in and like trying to drive, like, you know, trying to sneak in and drive, even mm-hmm. though I, I think I'm in control where I really don't. I'm not doing this podcast with you to be famous or to, you know, make millions of dollars a year getting to talk about whatever we want to talk about every year. But I have a feeling that if we do this every week for the next five years, the chances Mm -hmm. of that happening are a lot higher than if we um, tried to like force it in some marketing way in mm-hmm. the next um like i, I don't know and, and again i can i can play both sides because i've seen some some amazing marketers do incredible things in a short amount of time but i always just feel like that's kind of a luck like they just got lucky and mm-hmm. um it's the people that really just put in the work and really grow their audience one person at a time you know they yeah. these they build these things that just last and last and last and with um even with able cells like i i'm i'm going to like you know write these people thank you cards and i'm going to i'm going to do things that don't scale for these first mm-hmm. 10 people mm-hmm. and i guess like there is a selfish drive there cuz my hope is that they i guess they share it with people they talk about it like so there's clearly a marketing reason why i'm yeah. going to do it but at the same time it's just a uh, 
it just kind of feels like the right thing to do or something yeah. if that if that makes sense um yeah, and we, we did that at Sego too. Like I know early on in the app game, we went to all these festivals. We gave out all this stickers and swag and coloring pages and beach balls and all these things. And even with the physical toys, you know, people say like, "Oh, I lost my character," or "My kid dropped left at the park. We can't find it. Whatever." And we just send them new pieces. They lost a slide. Yeah, okay, we'll send you a new slide. Like, and obviously. It's expensive, to, as you know, to like ship a lot of these things to across these different places. Um, but we do it from, partly because like you're building the audience, you're building that real fan base. And when you do those things, you kind of you leave a lasting impression. They're like, wow, these guys really went above and beyond, and they really care. And you know, you're you're trying to get that first um, one thousand true fans or however many, you know. Um, and I, I, th- I think it's a good thing to do for you for the able sell stuff at least early on because I think a lot of these people who are buying this stuff are your repeat customers. Like I, I think the people who are going to buy are going to buy again and again. They're going to buy like every month, every week. Um, so it's good to build that relationship. I, I think I don't know. It's probably worth it. Um, but you brought up an interesting point though, which is, um, you know, doing the podcast every week for five years or just kind of grinding away at the book or whatever. I think in, in, in tech, it's, it's weird because putting shit on a fucking gigantic rocket ship and let's just get that, get like a million people as soon as possible. And you're taking not necessarily shortcuts to do, you're kind of taking shortcuts to get there. Um, and you're making like poor, not poor calls, but like, you want to you want to get crazy user growth, so let's just target the easiest way to get that. Or you're um, getting a lot of just marketing traffic to sell product, but really these aren't quality users, and they're not quality users in like these markets like like I brought up before, like India or something. Like they're you might get some early numbers, but it's not going to scale and it's not going to be sustainable because now you've blown millions of dollars to get into these markets and suddenly no one's really interested in your product versus building stuff to last. You might be building in your neighborhood, building in your city, building in your province, building in your country and focusing on that. And um, I think in the tech space, like that is super rare. Like you don't, you just don't hear that at all. Um, yeah. I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Yeah. I, well, but then part of me thinks that the, I don't know. Cause I, I think it's, you can, you can kind of play, you can play both sides on that one because if you are, there's a chance that if you don't move fast enough, like with mm-hmm. tech, somebody will move yep. faster. And I think that's always the worry, right? That, you know, you know, even for me, like I have this weird anxiety where I'm talking about, you know, here I am, like I'm at, I'm at the very early stages of this online store and I'm talking about it openly where, you know, like there's this weird thing in my mind where it's like, oh my God, someone's going to hear this and they're going to put a better store up and, and crush me on, like I have that voice that's like saying that in the side of my head mm-hmm. and it's, that's almost been just like trained into you from being in, um, in, in tech, I think where, you know, mm-hmm. there is somebody who will just do it faster or do it better or, 
yeah. I, don't, I don't know, but like I subscribe to this idea, whether it's, you know, God or the universe or just like random entropy where any good idea gets planted into, you know, 10 people's heads. So mm -hmm. if there's an idea, it's not going to just hedge. It's not going to put all of its eggs in Nick's basket. It's going to mm -hmm. give Nick the idea. It's going to give Kent the idea. It's going to give Sally the idea. It's going to give Sam the idea. And it's like, all right, which of these people is going to do something with with this mm -hmm. idea? Like, mm -hmm. And that's why sometimes, you know, you get these weird things like, why was the movie Deep Impact and Armageddon, they came out in the same in the same summer and they were like basically the same movie about an asteroid about to hit earth, but slightly told in a different way. So, you know, it's like clearly both of those people had that idea and they just took slightly different paths on, on getting there, but maybe a hundred people had that idea. And those are the only two that actually, you know, did something with it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and, and that's why like <laughs> going back to like, last week joking about like those movie ideas i really do believe that i've got a couple good ideas in there that some that somebody who is more ambitious than me will do and one yeah. day i'll be watching a movie that i so you've used apps before that you've had that idea right before before you've used it for sure all the time right and isn't that weird though like i feel like a lot of people don't know what that feels like to to really think and develop an idea in their mind and then wake up one day and realize that somebody else has almost built exactly what you had in your mind before it existed. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's one app, uh, budget B U D G T. I really like it. Uh, it's just like very simple budgeting app. You specify the start of the month, how much, um, money you want to spend, allocate, and then basically as you spend it, you enter it and this pie thing goes down. It's super simple, very simple UI, very clean. I, I swear that I found it in the store and it was exactly how I have in, like pictured it. And I was like, oh yeah. my God. Uh, but, 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 but what do you think about that idea that, you know, you like that, that idea was seeded to 20 people mm -hmm. and you were one of those 20 people who were seeded this idea and... Mm -hmm. You could have okay. Let me let me ask that, like, because I think this ties back with my 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 main kind of thing with with ambition, and now with like just making serious decisions about your time. Like, do you think that you could have built that app after the fact or before? Like, and I mean, this is like a huge question. This kind of gets into like, do you believe in destiny? Like, do you believe that? Do you believe, I don't know if I've ever asked the destiny kind of question, but like, do you believe that you, there, you could have just as easily been living in a world right now where you decided to build that app or is it one of these teachable moments for you where you were never going to build the app, but you needed to see it live to know what that feels like so that the next time you get an idea, you're going to jump on it rather than wait for somebody else to build it and then see it in the app store. Like, where do you, because... Mm. You know, I think it's easy to tell yourself a story like that to make yourself feel better. But at the end of the day, it's probably just that, you know, this person beat you to the punch. And um, I don't know, like, how, how do you think about that stuff? I don't I, I and looking back, I don't know if I would have built it, but um, I also thought it was a nice idea. But um, I, I don't know if 
I self-censored at that time. I was like, I don't know how much money there is in, in this app. And if I built this, how many people would actually buy it? I still don't know if this guy or girl, I don't know whoever made it, is actually making a lot of money. I kind of, I, I kind of doubt it. Um, but there was an idea that I had, and I was working on this with Kevin Tonin uh, in grad school a little bit. It was like a, um, I forgot what we were going to call it, like Nomad or Ghost Runner or something. But this was like a project I started with Kai. It was like one for one of the some HCI class we were doing, um, where basically using the mobile phone to simulate running yourself. Oh, say, uh, a couple sec, blocks sec, around sec, the city. Oh, one sec, one sec, Nick. Yeah. Here, let's let's okay. turn off uh, let's turn off the video because you sort of jumped there for for a second. I think it's actually just the internet internet connection here. Hang on. So sorry, say that again. So I lost you when you said. Um, so so what what was Ghost Runner? Oh, so okay, so it so I think it was called Nomad or Ghost Runner. I don't remember, but it was basically an app that allowed you to simulate running racing against yourself. So oh, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you remember this? Yeah, so it was kind of yep. motivated by like uh, Mario Kart when you race your yes. ghost. Yeah, yeah. Like doing a, doing time trial, yep. and you know if I ran around the block or around a course or a track or something, um, basically I'm going to run and we're going to get some sort of feedback that tells me I'm behind or ahead of my ghost. Um, but it's a way of runners to kind of motivate themselves to, you know, beat their previous time or something, right? Anyways, we, we started it. We built a prototype. It kind of worked. The project kind of faded. I kind of blame partly myself for this. We, we started just thinking about, oh, we couldn't get the name right. We couldn't get, like, we couldn't figure out, like, how we should do the UI. We went through a bunch of iterations, and they were all good. We just kept fussing about things, and we just never did it. And um, I'm kind of pissed about that. But at the same time, you look at, like, Strava. Strava, one of their features, they do that. So I don't know if you ever use a Strava app, but when you're using Strava, or if you're on your bike or you're running, you'll see um, like a course or a track um, that people can define and they have like top 10 lists on this or you have like a leaderboard that's constantly running and they they, pr they pretty much kind of did, did that. They don't have as much of that real-time feedback, but um, I'm like, fuck. Like A, we didn't kind of get to market but B, like, I don't, we didn't have, we wouldn't have had the money to back us to, to be that at the same time. Like, I, I wonder, I don't know the Strava story. Um, and maybe they started off really small, um, but they're kind of huge now. And I do wonder if when they started, did they have a lot of money backing them? And it's a matter of like, did they take this really serious? And did I just take it as a hobby? And I, I definitely took it as a hobby, but... You know, um, there's a there's an interesting parallel here. Do you remember the app um, Instapaper? Yeah. So yeah. Um, I don't know if you listen to the podcast. Do you know the developer Marco Arnett? No. So he used to have a podcast that I used to listen to um, just about iOS development and kind of just app development in general. I mean, definitely more iOS related. And, and he's kind of like, you know, he was like employee number two at Tumblr and and they sold to Yahoo and stuff. So he's, you know, done very well. And um, he's, yeah, yeah. you know, has like a really interesting kind of story. And um, so he, he told a really, it was very interesting looking back on it, kind of like what you said, where he would, he would talk about this other app. 
Okay. And it was, it was always known that he was talking about pocket, but he would never reference pocket by name. And mm. back when this was like six years ago, when he like, like instant paper came out when we were still in grad school, I think. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was killing it. Like he had this incredible domination on the market and he had some kind of interesting tech. Like he had some, I wouldn't call it new IP, but his algorithm for parsing the content of a page was, was better than the other ones and all that. And I remember very specifically, he talked about this, this, uh, this meeting that he had with the founder of the other app. So I'm assuming the pocket guy came down and sat down with them. And he basically told them like, look, I, I really respect what you're doing at Instapaper. And, um, I like you. Like I look up to you. Like the pocket guy was a lot younger than Marco, but he, he mm -hmm. almost at that meeting said like, but, but I'm going to crush you. And it's because I'm going to take venture funding and yeah. we're going to launch an app on every platform and we're going to do this and this and everything's going to sync and like, it's going to work on windows and Android and Xbox and all this stuff. And, and Marco was kind of laughing at this guy, like, wow, what an idiot. Like, um, and I've never, uh, like, I don't know what Marco thinks of that story now, but clearly pocket just destroyed him. Like, yeah. um, you know, he stopped even trying. He then sold Instapaper to, uh, uh, like an app consulting agency who then spun out an Android app. And so it's, um, again, like, I think this is why I have mixed feelings about companies like 37 signals where Jason Fried and, and DHH get on this really high horse about not taking venture money and not, you know, um, you know, not being beholden to investors where like, I, I think they got very lucky. I think the timing mm -hmm. of that app, the, the timing of everything just kind of worked for them. And if they were to go back and do it all over again, there's a good chance that Basecamp wouldn't have even gotten the traction it did. Like it's, there's really, there's not a lot special about Basecamp. I mean, I, I love, I love DHH. I love Rails. I, I owe my whole career to that man. So I'm, I'm very grateful and thankful for him. But I look at, I look at Basecamp and I'm just like, man, like I'm, there, there, there absolutely exists a parallel universe where they did not become a billion dollar or a hundred million dollar company. So yeah, like, and I think it kind of comes back. We've sort of circled on this topic a few times from different angles where at the end of the day, you, you, you just sort of have to either decide to get really uncomfortable and, you know, come ask me for money, come ask your parents for money, come ask your bank for a loan. Like you, you can only get so far with Kevin and Kai and you and yeah, like, but, but you might, maybe you could have competed with Strava. Maybe they would have bought you and just add, added uh, that feature to their app or something like, um, yeah. but you, you would have had to taken, you would have had to take that leap that ironically though here. So here's sort of coming full circle on ambition. I don't know if you agree with this. I feel like I am much more likely now just from experience and time mm -hmm. that if I were to create something like that, I would, I actually would do it now much more than I would have back then, even though yeah. I have a lot more yeah. to lose now, if that makes sense. Yeah, hundred. I mean, me too, man, 100%. Hmm. Um, because I think, 
right now, like if I were to do it, I would really do it. And the other, if it was a shitty idea, I would just not do it. Um, and I, but I would have put it through its motions and its filters and I would have been like, yeah, okay, this is a cool idea. Let, let's, let's do it. Um, because I also think it's, it's, it's a bit like this. Like I, I kind of think, um, your career starts like this. Like when you're a new grad, you're in real like learner mode and you want to learn about everything and you're trying to soak a bunch of things in, um, and then there's a period after that where you are okay at your craft, you're getting better at it, and you start you have a network. So you have you start knowing more people, and you're getting um, like I know a bunch of designers and artists and developers and um, you know growth people like you and um, you know you uh, you even know like where if you want to get funding people that you could potentially hit up. Yeah. And then, but now I. Where I am now with kids and stuff, or with with a kid, um, you end up being working a little bit smarter and having more focus. So you end up leveraging the stuff that you, the learnings that you had before, and you're constantly learning. But you know, a lot of the early learning that you did, um, and the networks that you have, that I feel you can be a lot more of a viable thing. Um, and it's also a certain maturity about it. Like I feel if I was 21, I'm like, Hey, Hey dad, this is a good idea. Let, let's, I'm going to give, give me some money. I'm going to do it. He'd be like, are you kidding me? Like you need like that much money for this? Like, this is a stupid idea for something. If I were to do it now, I think my dad would take me a lot more seriously. Okay, um, but, but then devil's advocate, like, do you think that's just time? Like, is that just maturity and age and, uh, you know, maybe saving up some money so there's a part of your lizard brain that turns off because you've got a little bit of money in the bank now. And um, yeah, like, 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 do you think that has anything to do with, um, you know, leaving a legacy for your family or something? Or is it more about um, uh, like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I it's a, it's a weird, um, like as I think about it as much as I don't want to admit it it does kind of come back to it kind of comes back to to money again and like financial freedom for for me like I do think that um yeah it's it's weird but it's weird saying that out loud because I I don't I don't think I'm motivated by money but maybe I am like deep down I don't I don't know I think the other thing too though and the other variable here is time um because I do think as I'm older and now it's not like time's running out on me. Um, but when you're younger, you feel like you have infinite time and I'm like, whatever, that didn't happen. Cool. I'm going to move on to that next thing. And it's so easy to just drop something and move on to something else. Um, and I probably had a bit more of that ADHD mind. Um, but now I'm like, I have limited time and not like limited time on the earth, but my time is limited. So I'm going to take what I'm going to do a lot more seriously. So what's the, what's the end game? Like, okay. So you, you write the book mm -hmm. that like, have you thought about what's next? Like, are you, I know that that's a, that's a pencil problem. Cause I, I you're, you only want to think about the one thing, but like, like just, you know, for the next five minutes, are you, like, are you going to write more? Like, do you, like, are you, a, are you a writer? Like, are you, are you becoming an author? Are you becoming, um... I don't know. 
I, I'm, I'm not sure. I think the, the writing, the book might be that, that. I think that's it. I think I'm going to continue to write on Medium. Um, but who knows? Like, I have this idea of, like, I'm going to write this book for um, Abby. And if I have another kid, I'm going to make a kid's book for the other kid. Mm, mm-hmm. This is, like, what I have in my, in my head. Um, who knows if I even have another kid or whatever. But... Um, I feel it's unfair if Abby gets a book and the other one doesn't have any, right? I feel it's a little unfair. Um, but for me, I just kind of feel like I need to kind of get this out. And um, I initially started writing on Medium uh, for the same reason why like, I agreed to do the podcast. It's really, I feel I want a way to be a better communicator. And I think for the the writing, um, just getting reps and practicing and just trying to write some stuff and definitely in the podcast and uh, and what we're doing as well. And I don't expect this to go real big. It's really for me to get reps and practice. And uh, yeah, we we talked about this before. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And I, I I get value just from listening back to it myself and kind of hearing myself talk and reminding myself of what's important. Um, it's funny though, like as I'm, as I'm talking through this, like I feel, I feel like I've got friction with this topic. Like I thought this was going to be a really sort of light and fun topic and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not actually for me. And I, I don't know if it's because I was sort of just like really truthful with that first statement that kind of came out where it's, you know, like, is it all about, is it just all about money at the end of the day? And and not money in the sense of like getting to buy things and like, you know, walking around with fancy cars and all that shit. Like I, that, that stuff has no, um, that stuff has no bearing on me, but is it, is it, is it this, like I still have this lizard brain that is louder than I want to acknowledge around, you know, making sure that I am providing and that my kids are provided for and that, you know, when, when I'm, you know, when they're 10 years old and we want to take a vacation, we don't have to like worry about that. Like we can just go do that. Like, cause the, the decisions that we make right now are going to affect that. Like that's mm-hmm. like those decisions are the decisions we make now will impact how easy our life is when our kids are teenagers, which is when I feel like you really have to be there because that you know like that's when you know just like their life is getting crazy and um yeah and I, like, oh man it, and, and like honestly the money thing it's it's important man it's, it's like a legitimate thing like you need to make sure that um jack and emma they go to they you know go to university what if they want to go to like harvard or something and you got to pay for some crazy tuition and um I don't know, like they need a car. There's so many expenses that come up because you're sustaining not just you, the wife, but, you know, the kids. And, you know, there's a lot of expenses associated with that, man. Um, I know, I, I know, I know wifey works and everything, but um, oh, man, this is. Uh, but the joke is like, she's the breadwinner. Like my wife has a better job than I do. Like she's, um, <laughs> you know, like we're. Yeah which is which is um you know and and I think honestly what I'm wrestling with is like I there's part of me that knows that I could actually be a stay-at-home dad as well which is kind of a totally weird um that's amazing like I could absolutely be a stay-at-home dad 100 percent 
and I would still need to do something um, from a like a creative outlet. Like I would, I would, I think I would still program, or I would still have like something that I would be. But that would be like my version of knitting, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. Would, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just be like, okay, oh yeah, Dad's over there building an app or something. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I feel. So maybe it's not the money then, then. Yeah, but, but, but which is weird because it, that's also very, like, it, it's a new definition of ambitious, and I think that um, I definitely had, you know, crazy kind of Silicon Valley startup ambition where, like, even when I look back, the first real startup that that I was a part of was, um, you know, it was me and two other people and we actually moved to San Francisco. We got angel funding. We um, really were building something that was actually ahead of its time. Like we were building basically Quora before Quora was a thing. Mm. And even now when I look at Quora, they've been around for six, six, well, maybe seven years, Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe six years, five or six years. And I feel like they're just, they're like in the first inning. Like they are, yeah. they are just getting started. And I think a lot about if we just had to put in the reps, like if we just had to really kept hammering at that idea and like we, we just gave up, we didn't see the traction we wanted. We, we ran out of money. We didn't want to go ask our family for more money. You know, investors didn't give us more money. So it just, the idea just died on the vine. But I feel like that was one of those ideas, kind of like you were saying with, with the ghost runner where, I feel like we could have just, if we had have kept on pressing, we would have done something with it, you know, like we, cause it's just, it's such a hard idea that the people who stick with it longer, just by natural selection, end up taking some of that market because they're the only players in town because everybody else kind of quit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's, I think it's, you know, it, it, it... I guess part of it, it depends on the project. Like you guys went pretty serious with it, um, but there's a lot of projects that are just hobby projects, right? And it, like I don't know, like okay, let's just say hypothetically, Kent, like someone gave us a million dollars and they were like, "This podcast can be really cool. Um, take the million dollars and just make it something." Would would that change the approach? It, it would probably change the approach considerably. Yeah, like I, I think it would. Like yeah, we 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 get a producer. We'd have like music. We'd have like someone like doing research for us. No, um, no, no. So I, I disagree. I don't think we'd do any of. Well, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't vote to do any of that. I think okay. it would be very simple. Actually, it would be like, um, we would record maybe every day. Yeah. And we'd be in a nice studio we'd record in daylight hours where we weren't like, like already having gone through a full day. Like even today, like I just feel like my, my energy level was lower today because I had a crazy day at work and Mm -hmm. a crazy day, you know, at home before we did this podcast. So if we had a million dollars to do it, we would maybe pay ourselves a little salary to, um, just give it the time, just give it more time essentially, like just make it a bigger part of our week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. Like I'm I'm actually I'm 
I'm, I'm more stuck on this than I than I thought I would be. I thought this was going to be this really like fun conversation about productivity and ambition, and I think I'm I think I'm realizing that I I, I don't know what I really want. Like I'm I'm kind of wrestling even in my mind with, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I I mean there there's something about truthfully there's something about this that we're doing that I, that really resonates with me like this kind of feels it feels fun for me like talking to you every week I could I could see myself um like if I was you know trying to draw like the a vision board of what my life would look like in the next five years this podcast would be mm-hmm. much bigger than it is um yeah and but but again at the same time it's like so what am I going to do with that information like um you, you know why why, why again am I, you know, then it kind of goes back to the, is able cells just a pencil problem? Is it another distraction? Like is, um, like why am I juggling three projects? Maybe I should only be, you know, doing, you know, the, the two of them. Like it kind of goes back to that, that, that fundamental question that you and I have of like, do we do too much? How do we know if we're doing the right things? Um, well, you know, like this started initially, um, I don't know because you the, initially we were talking about you doing able cells and then then this podcast came up and I was like Kent this is a pencil problem man like forget this podcast let's just focus on moving product um, and then you're like no I you know what I honestly really want to be I want to be Joe Rogan I'm going to be totally honest <laughs> I kind of want to be Joe Rogan yeah but if that's ultimately what you want to be, then um, this podcast is really is really the focus, and everything else is a pencil problem. Then able cells is a pencil problem, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but cause, you know, maybe, dude, you you could be Joe Rogan. <laughs> well, yeah, but but I think I think anybody, in a way. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, and 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 again, I think I think the reason why, like when I when I make a list of why that life is so interesting, and again, I have no idea. Well, he's in a different category because he's just like legitimately a rich kind of, let's call him a B or C level celebrity. So, but you know, like I love uh, one of my favorite people in the world is this guy named Dan Benjamin, and he runs this podcast network called Five by Five, and he probably I don't know he hosts or runs you know five or ten podcasts, and and he's one of these people I've never met him. I've never, um, I, that's not true. We met at a rails conference way back in the day, but he, he's one of these people that has actually had a humongous influence on my life because I read his like rails tutorials back in the day, which really gave me the confidence to, you know, go out and be a consultant and feel like I knew what the hell I was doing. And, um, he had a lot of cool stuff on meditation back in the day that I kind of really took to heart and created a daily meditation practice. And so it's like, this guy is like totally, um, influenced my life. And when I think of the kind of lifestyle, when I say that I could be a stay at home dad, it's like, I could be a full-time, like if I got paid to be a full-time podcaster, I could almost be a stay at home dad, you know, not, not now, mm-hmm. like not, not while Emma's the age she is and stuff like that. But that's the kind of lifestyle where you really could make a living around your own schedule and still have as much time as you want with your family. If Uh you were a professional podcaster, um, 
Like that's actually yeah. a very good use of your time if you could actually make that work. Mm-hmm. Um, but but then for the reasons we talked about, I feel like if I set my goal on just growing this podcast to the point where we had Casper throwing us ten thousand dollars a week to sponsor it, I feel like it'd be a different thing. It would it, and it wouldn't necessarily be what I think this could be five years from now. You know. Hmm. Um. If Casper was throwing us ten thousand dollars a week to do this, you would be doing this full time. No. Again, I, I and I think this goes back to like there there are there are very interesting problems at Hubba that I've I'm now just I, I'm too I'm too far in. Like I'm. It's like you know you're reading a really good book. Mm-hmm. And you just have to see how it ends. I feel like uh, that's where I'm at 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 Hubba, and I think our um, our CEO had a really or has a really good kind of pitch to people like us. I think you and I are. He would tell you the same thing if you were applying that he told me is like, don't do some stupid thing that people always say that like, oh my god, this is the last company I ever want to work at. I I want to work at Hubba for thirty years. He's like, don't give me that bullshit because that's that's bullshit. Like give me give me two years i want two years of your time and at the end of those two years if you're not having fun or if you're bored or if you want a new challenge and you tell me that you're going to go do your own thing or you're going to move companies like i will i will i will help you move um but Mm -hmm. but like just like give me give me two years of your mind because i think that it's going to take that long to kind of make some progress here Mm -hmm. and I really respected and liked that, that messaging. And he was right. Like the problems are so interesting now that I, I, I will give it, I will give it two years, you know, and mm-hmm. I'll probably renew if things are going well, because it's just a really interesting problem set. Um, yeah. but, but, but okay. But then if Casper was throwing us like $20,000 a week, it changes things. It really does. And then that's, what's fucked up. And that's why, I think why I'm a little bit bummed out as I'm saying this is that I'm starting to think that a lot of this is actually just coming down to like cash flow, you know, which is, which is a, I don't like to admit it, but it kind of, you know, like it kind of made like, okay, so Casper's throwing us 10 grand. You and I are splitting that 50, 50, mm-hmm. um, you know, okay. 5,000 a month is uh that's pretty nice, but uh, 10,000 a month. That's, that's, that's a lot nicer. Um, you know, uh, you know, you can go to Disneyland with $10,000 a month. Yeah. Um, so y- you know what I'm saying? Like all of a sudden, yeah. um, it, it totally, it does change things. Like the fi- the financial piece of it changes things, even though I feel like that makes me a bad person for, for saying that. No, like, I don't know. Like I have this pipe dream of I'm going to write this book. It's going to be like a New York Times bestseller. Someone's going to throw like a hundred thousand dollars at me as like a book, as like a retainer for the next book I'm going to write. And I, it's like a pipe dream because I, I, I. What, but why I, is that? I, a, but why is that a pipe dream? Like, 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 why not set that as an actual goal? It, like, do you want that? No. So, well. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my my time into making this book, and I'm gonna put time into editing and making it as good as I can make it, um, and I want to see it on the shelf. But I guess these, these are like step by step things, right? So step one is I got to finish writing. Step two, I might throw some art on this or work with an artist to put some art on this, um, 
or step two is really like pitching people, pitching agents and trying to get it into us like published. And then, you know, there's a polishing part, but then the New York Times bestseller part, that's, that's not up to me. Right. It, it, okay. Part of it is up to me. Part of it is, part of it is, part of it isn't. And, um, you know, because I, I think if that were to happen, I'm like, okay, I got to build my audience. I got to sell this to people. How am I going to do that? Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm also, that's that's not really kind of who I am. Like, I, I'm not good at that side of things at the same time. Um, hmm, but like you're, like, like if I'm, if I'm just reading you, like I could totally project out that, is it fair to say that your kind of ideal situation would be you become a thought leader slash influencer in this, um, you know, parenting space. It plays nicely with your Sego experience and your whole thing that you're, I mean, you could, you could basically still be at Sego and if anything, it just elevates Sego and elevates your profile there. I mean, you might, you might find you, you start making more money just because of your celebrity outside of Sego. Cause they want to just keep you at Sego as you know, like, um, you, you know, you get paid to speak. You maybe do that other podcast you were talking about where you interview, um, you know, parents and just have like these funny stories and you kind of just become this person who talks about parenting, um, in a real way. Like I, I think that's that sounds super exciting, and I absolutely think you could do that. Um, like, is that? I yeah, I think that'd be cool. Um, okay, okay. So hang I don't, on. So I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I, I would say like a thought leader in the space. Like, I'm not. I'm definitely not the first parent out there um, in the history of parents. Um, no, but but I mean, like, you have a sorry. When I mean thought leader, I mean like you have a unique take on, like your. You, you you have a unique voice in that crowd where um and yours is like a more raw bear kind of you know voice which i think like we talked about people need with when it comes to parenting but but hang on mm-hmm. so the, i think this ties back to we can kind of end it on uh coming full circle on ambition here because like why even now as i'm saying this like Like, are we kind of kidding ourselves when, we, when we're making this podcast and we're, and we're pretending like it's just for us, even though there's a part of us that does want to use it as a platform to elevate ourselves? Like, should we have okay, goals? So- like, should, like, like, should we have a goal for this podcast? Should we have a, like, should we do it for the love of it, but then also have um, a goal for growth or like... So I, I'm, 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 I'm a little conflicted. Yeah, I don't know because... I got into that headspace with the blog a few months ago, like you mentioned. Um, and then I found that to be just a big distraction because I started thinking about that a little bit more. And then some more as I thought thinking about that, I feel it watered down a bit of the blog. Um, I started caring too much about the likes and how come I'm not getting any more shares of this and all that. And I felt I needed to just have a love for this and then keep it, very real and really focus it on like I'm doing this for my daughter and remind myself that I'm doing it for my daughter and if people want to read that story they can read that story but I think that's the only way you can make it authentic because if I start doing it for other people then suddenly it's it's not my story anymore do you, do you know what I'm saying yeah no for sure I think that's the whole um 
yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like that's the whole art versus finance kind of conversation, right? Like, um, or that's like VC backed versus bootstrap. Like you're bootstrapping right now. Yeah. If you were VC backed, you'd be pandering to your audience. You'd be like, um, you know, you, you'd be making really different decisions and, um, the same way, yeah, I don't know, maybe we'd be making different decisions if we were getting paid to do this or if we thought we actually had, you know, like, would we have made different decisions today if we had 50 or uh, like five zero fifty thousand 50,000 people listening? Um, I honestly hope not. Like, I hope we really would have just put the same episode out. Um, I, yeah, so I, I don't know. And uh, honestly, at this stage in the game, if this is our fifth podcast and if I felt like 50,000 people were listening, I kind of think my messaging would feel different a little bit. I don't know why, but it would be, it's like, it was honestly even kind of weird when we had the video on, I felt like you were watching me and I was watching myself and I was like, wow, I have a crowd watching me right now, even though it's, it's just you I'm talking to. But I felt suddenly a little bit more nervous, which I don't know why. Oh, dude, and I, I'm actually glad that your video, it's so funny, we, we, can, like, we can talk about this, because your audio really was glitching. I, yeah. I don't like the video. Yeah, I don't know if I like it. I, th- th- there was something really weird about it where I was like, this just feels really, um, yeah, I don't know. There, there was something about it. That, you know what? It felt like it was produced. Like it felt almost like we weren't just having a conversation. Like we were yeah. try, like we were trying to do something different and it, it almost felt like we were violating what we said we wanted to do or something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But then see, like I, I feel like if we had 50,000 people listening, I, I it would be like that and magnified. Um, but I, I do think if we did like 20 reps of this, 100 reps of this, there's a certain comfort level where that wouldn't shake wouldn't impact anything at all right but i think of like bill is is it bill simmons or bill sims bill simmons simmons yeah simmons yeah like i think about him and like as i've listened to him more and more now because you have got me hooked on him i listen to every new one that he puts out um there's no fucking way he's doing a podcast if he's not getting paid oh 100 percent. like he is like um like he is you know, he's not doing this for the love of the pod. He is doing this because he's getting a lot of money, right? So, and and I, and I think going back to, um, like all these things, like, yeah, I, and, and and like it's making me like rethink, you know, able cells and like maybe I do need to just be more, like if I am gonna do this, I just need to be more aggressive and I need to be pushing more or you know going back to the idea like you said of like finding a, a, a way to solve the problem like maybe what i need to do for able cells is find a 22 year old who has the time and energy who i can cut in at 20 percent and say look i'll be your advisor i'll tell you what to focus on and when you're getting distracted but you're going to run this thing day to day and you're going to take you know 40 40 50 percent of the profits um like that's a very like you know, if it was all about the money, that's what I would maybe do. But it's not. I, it's not that. Like, that's not why I'm doing it. Because that feels like I'm not gonna. I just know I'm not gonna do that, right? Um, I, have, I have a guy for you, by the way. If if you're looking to do that, I have a guy for you. Oh damn! 
<laughs> he, he's, he's a little older, but he, he wants to learn about growth and uh, that space. So I'm like, oh, this would be perfect for him. But, so, and, and like, and just as like a preview though, like this is where I feel like, uh, I think I'm going to kind of uh, end on this, but my, um, <laughs> like I, I literally sent this, you know, I'll try to pull it up here so you know I'm not lying. Like here, here's where I feel like my ambition is not curved though. Uh, I was waiting in line for our uh, takeout order and I just got super inspired and I messaged a buddy of mine who is in the supplement space and I said, hey, I want to buy some raw materials and make my own ketones. Can you send me some information on where to get started? So, and like, I don't even know why I sent that. Like something just came out of me where I was like, you know what? I think I need my own, like, you know, I think I'm going to make ketones now. And I, I don't know. And like, and there was something like when I, when I sent that, it felt, it felt right. I was like, yeah, like that feels really like that felt really good to send that. Um, but now like after this conversation, I'm thinking like, like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, why, why, why? Am I, like, maybe you're right. Like, maybe, or I think maybe I'm right in that this is actually what I want to do. And this, this able cells could just be a pencil problem. Or maybe you're like Elon Musk and you can kind of run three concurrent companies or four concurrent companies. I'd like to think that. And sometimes I do kind of think that I have this, this like crazy energy level that other people don't have. And I am able to kind of juggle a lot of these things. But, but at the same time, like Elon Musk doesn't look like he's having any fun sometimes. Like if you've heard him in interviews, like he's like his weight yo-yo is like crazy. He looks like he's going to fall asleep half the time. Like, I, I don't know if he's killing it at life, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And again, that's a really bold statement to make. I have no idea what his personal life is like, but you know, I, I don't know. It's, um... But I think I think the main thing is like if you were to run all these projects or run Able Cells and we still do this podcast, I feel you do have to delegate some of that out. Yeah. And because like and we talked about this in maybe the first pod, it's really like it's not so much about doing all that work. It's like you want to see that end product and um it doesn't necessarily have to be you that's doing all the day to day um, like marketing of that or whatever fulfillment and stuff, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Yeah. Let me think on that. Um, let me think on that. I, I guess I think, I think I need to start setting goals for, how about this? I think for our homework, I think we need to, you know what? I actually, I'll, I'll, well, I know we have, we had an idea in mind for, for next week's pod, but Maybe we do a, like a, a project check-in next week where, uh, so you, you actually had pitched this where we kind of go deeper on, on our projects. Like maybe, you know, you've got this, uh, this email or this like, uh, email to your literary agent that, you know, you want me to review. So I'm happy to review that and give you some feedback. Um, you know, maybe we almost like do some goal setting for, like, I think I, I need to do some goal setting for, for that project and, and decide like, you know, cause I kind of felt, I felt really, really good when I saw those orders come through. Like I had this crazy high that I haven't had in a, in a long time. 
Mm-hmm. And and I'm in a bit of a of a dip right now because I was hoping that those orders would just keep coming in. And now it's been like two days where they haven't been coming in, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's um But you gotta push through that. You gotta keep doing it. Oh and no this no. Is... I'm and I think yeah, like, yeah. I think that's where the like the bit has flipped for me where it's like I'm not gonna give the like and I think that that's sort of the I'm not going to give this one up. And that's why I don't think we should give up on this podcast or I don't think we should mm. really, again, care who listens to it. Um, like we just, we do need to just keep going and I need to just keep selling and you need to just keep writing. And I've never done that before. Like, isn't it weird? Like I'm 32 years old and I've never really stuck with something unless I've seen immediate results. So I think if nothing mm-hmm. else, what this is going to teach me is how to stick with something even if I'm not seeing immediate results. Dude, in like a year, you're going to be the keto king, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's true. No, it's not, okay, not necessarily, you know, at the very least, you're going to have a sustainable e-commerce business. Or I that, will get completely crushed by by Amazon. <laughs> no, no, because by 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 then, honestly, if you keep at this for a year, your organic search traffic is going to go way up. Yes. You're going to figure out all the right Google keywords to use. You're going to figure out you're going to you're buying from the same person all the time. You're going to get better pricing. Um, you're going to figure out you're you're going to these unlock another level of Canada Post like VIP shipping costs. I'm sure. Um, and I you know this stuff is just going to happen if you just kind of keep grinding. And you might not make a ton of money. You might, you might, or you might not, but you're going to get steady checks every month. Hmm. No. Yeah. I think I needed to hear that. I, I think the, and, and you're right. And you know, now coming full circle, it's, it's not about the money. I think it's about, it's about like sticking with this thing, you know, and actually it feels good to know that a year from now I might, still be struggling with it, but I will have kind of struggled with it for a year and see what that feels like. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, honestly, one more thing, I guess, so what's motivating me to write this is in the very beginning of this, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, Sean Hazel, and he put me on the idea of like, um, these kind of little anecdotes. Um, cause he kind of did this a little bit, but a very rough, rough version. And he was like, it's, um, a lot of people talk about doing this, but very few people actually are able to follow through and write something every day about yeah. like um, uh, about this. And I think I feel like once he said that, I almost felt like it was a challenge. And it wasn't. He wasn't saying that directed toward me, like you can't do that. But I was like, oh, very few people can do that, so I'm gonna do that. And that kind of motivated a bit. Um, and. Yeah, just like sticking to it. I think that that I think at the end of this year, even if I don't have the book by then, it's going to be like, wow, I actually did this. I I wrote something every day for 365 days documenting this whole um, process, and you know, I I think that that some something to be said for that. Oh, 100 percent. And I think that um, and that, and that's why I get so inspired when I. Um, cause it's such a, it's such a simple idea, but that's almost why it's so hard. It, you know, I mean, another, um, another topic I want to, uh, explore with you, maybe we can put it on the list for things is like, like the difference between knowledge and wisdom. So I feel like you 
cross the chasm from knowledge to wisdom where like he told you knowledge there like he had a piece of information that hey you know a lot of people say they're going to do this but don't do it and then you turn that into wisdom where you're like ah the value then in this very simple thing is just sticking with it and doing it um and it goes back to this whole kaizen thing where you know um like i i know that i should you know go do 50 kettlebell swings um and i'm not going to but i know i should and like i feel like i'm getting bad at actually taking wisdom even though i know like you know like i'm mm-hmm. i know what i should do but i'm not doing it and i don't know why and i want to talk about that with you but um mm. yeah <laughs> all right all right let's just do that um another day okay well man this was um it's funny this one I, i'm going to be curious to, to see how i feel listening back on this one i this did not go i'm happy with where this went like i i feel like i um i feel like i learned something about myself in this one as i was talking but this is not what i was expecting the pod to go tonight mm. um I, i'm actually like <laughs> i don't want to say I, i'm like i'm not sad but i'm I, i'm not i don't know like there's something like it, it's almost like i've 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 like uncovered something and I don't know what to do with it in my, in my head. I, I don't even know how to make sense of it. Maybe I'm just tired. I don't know, but, um, I'm not like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not feeling, I, I'm not feeling good right now, which is weird. Like it's like, I'm not feeling bad, but it's just, uh, do you, do you, do you feel like, uh, your life is unfulfilled? You haven't reached your full potential. No, like if anything, I feel like I've I've reached my full potential. Already. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I yeah yeah. Oh man. I I okay. I've I've had those feelings too. Like I feel like 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 what else could I possibly ask for? Like like I'm I'm such a little bitch that I'm asking for all like that I'm, like I've I've got it. I've made it. It's it. This is it. This is the peak. This is as good as it gets, and I should just enjoy it. Like why am I, why am I trying to be the keto king of Canada? Just like I should just go watch Ratatouille with my son, you know, um, <laughs> like that. I think that's what I'm starting to realize. It's like, is, I, I don't know. But, but, but the thing is I do watch Ratatouille with my son. Like I, I make that time. So it's, um, you, you know why, man? I, I think honestly, it's, I feel like you probably haven't reached your full potential. Hmm. I, I think there, there, there's, there's maybe that. Um, and there's also like, and I brought this up to you before. It's like, I feel like I can't 10 years from now, I can't look Abby in the face and say, yeah, do whatever you want to do. You want to be an astronaut. That's cool. You should be an astronaut and be these things and follow your dreams and do that. If I don't follow through on stuff, I say I'm going to do. Um, hmm. So I like that. Let's let let's end it there. Uh, that that's a good place to uh, that that's a good place to end it. All right, man. All right. Have a good uh, have a good week. We'll talk soon. All right. Peace. Okay. Peace out.